Have you ever wondered if you could make a difference? This podcast brings you inspirational people who are making a tremendous difference. We will also be talking to experts in the field of creating the mindset you need so that nothing holds you back from making your vision a reality right now. Welcome to the Game Changers Podcast. And now, here's your host, Michelle Dutro. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Game Changer Podcast. My name is Michelle Dutro. I am your host, and I am super fired up to be bringing Jody Flynn to you today. We actually just recently met through, uh, you know, the internet and other connections, and, and I was on her show, and now I'm thrilled that she's on mine. The reason that I'm super excited to talk to her is because I think that her story and and really her life's unfolding is going to speak to a great deal of you out there. In fact, I would say the majority, I think, of the people out there because of the purpose of this podcast. And when the tagline is inspiring you to make a difference, you know, even drilling down more than that, it's just inspiring you. So if wherever you are in life, there's some part of you where you think, you know, I I wish I was doing this or I wish I was doing that and taking that I wish to, this is now what I'm doing. So this is why I really am super fired up to be bringing this conversation uh, to today. For this reason, her story is what I want our conversation to be about. So normally I would give you a whole background into, into her life and what she's done and, and how she's got, we're not doing that because that's the conversation. So with that, Jody, normally I'd say, what did I leave out? I left out everything intentionally. <laughs> so I'm not even going to ask that. But what I am going to say is, Jody, tell us, um, back in the day, so let's go, we've got, you know, high school, we've got college, then tell us what, what your early steps were and why. Mm, well, first, let me thank you, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here and to be introduced to your listeners. So this is such an honor, but my coming out of college, my goodness, um, I actually achieved my bachelor's in psychology. I'll say that. I got my bachelor's in psychology. I loved it, but didn't know what I wanted to do next. So I just continued. I started my master's in counseling psychology. And, you know, even though I was warned, what I came to realize was the only um, profession I was going to qualify myself for was social work, which is a very honorable profession. And I have a lot of friends who are in social work, but I knew I wasn't wired for it. It wasn't the work I wanted to be doing. So I pivoted and I just took a job to pay the bills. And it happened to be in mutual fund operations. And it turned out to be a game changer for me. Um, that job because it turns out I'm actually well suited to the office environment. Never envisioned myself there, um, but I'm kind of type A. I have a strong work ethic. I come from a big family, so I'm very comfortable working with different personalities, different genders, different age ranges. And so it just, all of my strengths and what I had going for me really played well in that environment. And I was promoted five times in six years. Okay, so with that, let me just yeah. interject. You're no longer doing that. No, I'm not. No, you're not. So, so <laughs> here, as you know, you're thinking, oh, wow, all of a sudden this turned into a business podcast. No, so no. <laughs> stick with the story. And here's what I, I already know I'm going to love about this is how we have certain skills and we're very good at something. And being good at a job or being good at a skill doesn't necessarily mean it's your purpose and calling in life. Right. Mm -hmm. There's things that we're that we can do. And then there's things that we're meant to do. 
And so keep us going on this journey because I love that, you know, you're clearly very good. I mean, nobody gets promoted that many times and they stink, right? right. So obviously <laughs> you're very good. I want to focus on how in the world you get from being that uh, recognizably great yeah. to why in the world would you ever want to leave that then? So what right. happened? And here's where we turn the corner because for those first six, seven years, it was really great. I would never take it away. I think it was like the stepping stone. And that's how I look at it. I learned a lot of skills, um, developed myself as a leader during that time. But right around that seven year period, I started to get bored and unsettled. I realized I didn't want to become a vice president. I saw the lifestyle that they were living, you know, so it was like if, you know, and I, I'm a like, what's next? What's next? What's next type of person? So when I realized like going to the next level in that company in that industry was not what I was looking for. Oh my God, Michelle, all of like the internal stuff started like, is this it? Is this all I'm meant to be doing? I can't see myself doing this for the next 20, 30 years. Um, and it created a rift. And I just, and you know what the mistake I made was I sat on it for a couple of years. I just continued to grow more discontent. I mean, I loved the people I worked with. I had great relationships, but I noticed like, you know, like I said, I have a strong work ethic, but my job started to become very tedious. You know, mm -hmm. the things that didn't bother me before all of a sudden bothered me. I like hated going to meetings and, you know, was just ugh, bored was the best is the best word I can come up with. And I'm not someone who sits well with boredom. So what 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 was it for you? Was it that everything, you know, that you needed to learn, you had learned and you kind yeah. of outgrew where this position was and the next step of growth was truly of no interest to you? To, to your point, I don't want to be a VP. I don't want that lifestyle. So now what? That's exactly it. I had, you know, it's kind of like I, I, I've heard the analogy of the chick that's inside the egg. You know, it gets to a point where it's used up all the resources in the environment it has, and it starts to like panic and freak out because it's not getting what it needs there anymore. And that's when it breaks through the shell. And, you know, although circumstances came along to guide me. And we chatted a little bit about <laughs> this. This is where I say I kind of got pushed out of the nest because what I was experiencing during that time, there's a term for it, the golden handcuffs. I was respected, appreciated, and well compensated. And the next step was unknown to me and unclear. So I allowed myself to stay in that job, discontent, slowly becoming more and more miserable for a couple of years until it was announced the company was going through an acquisition and Michelle, you're going to die because you know what I did when I had already started researching coaching, right? I'd started meeting coaches out in the world and I was like, what is it about these people? They're different from other people. You know, there's something about them. They stand out of the crowd. They're very curious. They're very present and they're cheerful. What, how do they get that way? And so that, is something I started to latch onto. And I did research and I looked up schools and I contacted people who were coaches and was like, how did you do that? And what is the work that you're doing? And of course, during that time, it was around 2007, 2008. So right, the real estate bubble had burst and the economy was not so great. So then I allowed myself to buy into that, you know, like, oh, the economy's bad. This isn't a good time to be making any changes. I'll stay in my good paying job and continue to be unhappy while I'm figuring anything out. And when the acquisition came along, I was like, nope, the numbers aren't gonna be good enough to just take the severance package and leave. I reapplied to stay. 
Wow. <laughs> for, and you know what, not knowing what the future was going to bring. I'm like a couple more years. I'll do a couple more years. After I had already done a couple more years, I'm like a couple, I'll do it again. I'll right. just do a couple and was so miserable. And you know what, Michelle, when the second acquisition came around, cause it came around 15 months later, the company that had bought the company I, I had worked for was buying another company. Now I was an employee of the company buying a new company. And there was a potential that they were going to outsource our jobs. I started praying to God that they would fire us because I was so miserable. And I hung on there. We had to wait five months before we were told what was going to happen with our jobs. And they told us they were outsourcing them, but they were going to give us a severance package, a stay on bonus, and they needed us to stay for seven months while they did the system conversions. And in that time, I got my coaching certificate. So on the last day, I was able to just be like, goodbye. And I started my business. Okay. So riddle me this. Yeah. <laughs> In your coaching practice, please tell me that a great deal of the people you work with are people uh, who need to make a transition, but for some reason uh, don't or won't, or are dealing with their fear or limiting beliefs or whatever it else is considering, you know, with this story, you get it and understand it firsthand, you know, as much, if not more than anybody. Cause you had, you had ample opportunities to, do you want to jump? Do you want to jump? And each time you still hung back onto that tree branch and said, I'm not ready to fly. Yeah. You know, I'm torn. It's a couple of different things, you know, depending on who I'm talking to, like I'm always challenging limiting beliefs, like what's the reality and really go into what is the price you're going to pay? Because I mean, this is the reality, Michelle. I started seeing a counselor when right before we, we started going through that first acquisition. Right. And it was through counseling that I was able to see like, okay, coaching is meant for me. How to get my duck, how do I get my ducks in a row? Right. But it was a counselor. She wasn't pushing me. She was like, yeah, what's comfortable? Do what's right for you. How much, you know, and how much longer are you willing to be like this? Um, if I could have done it sooner, I, I would have. And that's why I say like people who make the jump, I'm, I have so much admiration for because I paid a huge price in my health, mm -hmm. um, mentally, physically, emotionally, that when I first started my business, like I felt like for the first six months, I was a little bit in a daze right, through the whole thing because I was not well. Right. So, um, so go back to the first time you, you, when you really had the opportunity, right, to, okay, this is not working. The uh, company's going to get bought out. Mm -hmm. If you had to go back to that uh, person, you know, looking back at who you were then, the biggest limiting belief you had at that point was what? What did you think was going to go so wrong or that was going to be the epic fail that you were like, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not pulling oh the trigger. Oh my God. It's so funny you ask this question because it's a moment that lives with me and it's a shower moment, right? Most of those moments are in the shower, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. So I'm in the shower and I'm thinking, this is during the first acquisition, I'm going to do it. I'm going to quit and I'm going to start my business. And Michelle, I was so happy. <laughs> so happy. Like I like had that thought going to bed the night before and I'm in the shower and I'm so excited. And then all of a sudden my mind started doing the mental math. How long is it going to take to get my coaching certification? How much money will I have in this severance package and the stay on bonus? Cause they already revealed, like, if you decide not to reapply for a job, this is how much you'll get. How long will that last me? And I mentally did the math that when I was done my coaching certification, I would be broke and without clients. That's what my mind told me. And I believed it. 
And I burst into tears, bent over and started sobbing because I felt like my dream had been crushed. And now looking back, I'm like, what made me think I wouldn't have clients? That I would have to have a coaching certification before people would hire me? What made me believe I couldn't shift my lifestyle a little bit just to get over the hump and start my business? What made me believe I couldn't start networking right away and start building my business while I was going through the coaching certification. There were so many things I believed and I wasn't around anyone who challenged my beliefs. Like when I talked to friends and family about, oh yeah, I had this thought and this is what I came up with. They were like, yeah, 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 I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I can assure you because every one of those folks uh, probably has a day job and they probably aren't happy in it. So why <laughs> would they assume that you would be doing something different than them? I mean, right. Really anything that's... risky, right? Right. But like I was in a full-time job and it was risky. I lost it. <laughs> right. Uh, well, yeah, we're going to get to that one in a second because that's its own uh, interesting twist here. But what I, you know, love about this story and what you're saying and the point that you just made, which is why I think, and I, I'm a huge proponent on this show for hiring a coach, getting a mentor. And it's for this exact reason that the quality of your answers is directly related to the quality of questions you ask. And when you said, you know, hey, I was just asking the wrong series of questions. And these questions I was asking is what kept me stuck right? Well, how are you going to pay the bills? Who's going to come see you? Those are all the wrong, crazy questions. And then when you flip it, knowing what you know now, right, those questions would have been formulated entirely differently, which would have got you a different set of answers and then a whole different uh, potential path. So that said, let's move, let's fast forward a little bit to this second round and you didn't leave again. Mm -hmm. Was it the same self-talk or was it uh, you know, what, what was happening in your mind now? You had a little more time to sit and gel with that and figure and think and whatever it is. So was it the same story that financially I'm just not going to be able to pull it off and I need to get some education behind me before I pull the plug? Or what was there anything different? Yeah. When I made the decision to reapply, this was in the first round, reapply, keep the job. We started going into acquisition mode. We were doing, you know, system conversions. We were like merging companies and it was really like, I wasn't really living or thinking at that point. It was survival. It was just, we worked 12 hour days through the summer and I live in Southern Maine, and for anyone who knows that the weather in Maine, summer is like a brief period of time, right? And then you just, the winter comes and we missed it. We missed that summer. It was so awful. And, but we were just like, we have to get the work done. We have to get the work done. And by the time we were starting to breathe again, and I started to feel like, okay, maybe my life will go back to some normalcy. That's when they announced the second acquisition. And at that point, that's when I began just praying, praying. And and this was what I prayed, Michelle. Oh my God. Like, it's so funny that you're, you're going to die. I prayed to God, please, God let them fire me because I can't bring myself to quit. Right. Right. And I think I even said it out loud one time. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, I think um, when you look at self-sabotaging behavior, you know, that's a lot of it. When we start uh, showing up in a certain way so that really, whether it's a person, a company, or the universe, truly has no other option but to act on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And right? it did. 
<laughs> you know, we start showing up late for work. I don't know, showing up drunk for work, whatever it is. <laughs> but, you know, obviously where the solution is, someone's going to go, look, I don't know what's going on with you, but, you know, this is not going to happen. Um, and it is that relief. And it is super interesting when, you know, when you put it out there that, hey, I want them to take the action I'm not willing to take. Yet really subconsciously, you're taking a lot of minor actions right. for that to even happen to begin with. But it's a great, uh, it's a great point that you make. And, and here's, here's the one that I want to focus on next, which is for those people that maybe recently or facing or worried about, you know, getting bought out, getting laid off, um, wh whatever the company downsizing, whatever it may be, I don't believe, first of all, there are any accidents. So I'm also going to say you weren't meant to leave on the first round or you would have. There are mm -hmm. things that you were meant to learn about yourself in order to help others, which is why you stayed. That's just, that's just my belief. I don't think there are yeah. accidents. I don't think things happen out of order. So when this, this event happens that whether you subconsciously were putting it out there or consciously putting it out there for it to happen, or you get blindsided is to stand back and say, why is this happening for me rather than why mm -hmm. is this happening to me? Right. And what yeah. is it that I'm meant to do that is maybe bigger or greater than what I've allowed myself to think before. And that's a big pivotal shift for people to not play the role of the victim in saying, look, look what just happened in my life. Now what? And spin that to the most positive degree. Although you kind of map this out, I'm sure there's people that you work with that do feel whether they walk in and there's a note on the table that says, Hey, you mo might notice the closet is half empty because I've moved out. Right. 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 Yes. Or, or we're downsizing. You no longer have a job. So go ahead and that little box on your desk, go ahead and fill that up. And thanks for everything. But when things happen that seem like a blindsiding event to step back in that moment and say, there's a reason for this. And what could that be? That would be for my greatest, highest good. I know in the moment that is, you know, maybe near impossible, but the, the sooner we can get to not playing the victim and saying, how, how is this in my greatest good? Which clearly, you know, every time this, the universe was trying to say, Jody, for crying out loud, we're trying to help you out here, right? right. Jump, jump off the branch. What's the deal? I love how you put that. Why is this happening for me? Right. Because it was, it really, when I look back and I, and thank you for saying that, that I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't just being, you know, a scaredy cat, you know, there was something I was meant to do. And I learned so much during those two acquisitions. Yep. I, I had come from an environment where everyone had, had been either a pretty good leader or a great leader. And during those acquisitions, I saw leadership gone wrong. And I utilize a lot of that learning in my business now, because I can talk about, you know, what great leadership looks like and what can happen if you don't bring forth who you are as a leader, right? Because right. right. um, that's often when leadership goes wrong is when people deny that they're, they're leaders and they deny that they have any power in a situation or they can have an impact. And I've been able to speak to that. And oftentimes it appeals to other people that I have a background in going through acquisitions because a lot of people are going through companies merging, downsizing, you know, moving, all sorts of stuff going on. And I have an experience, you know, a background experience of living through a turbulent time in a workplace. Exactly. Which translates, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. changing its transition, which, you know, has to get navigated personally and professionally. And, uh, and I love your background. So, so now, uh, now bring us up to current time, what exactly you're doing now, um, how long you've been doing it, how it's going and why specifically you've chosen, uh, what you're doing right now. 
Yeah. So I'll, I'll start with kind of where we left off. So we, cause it's perfect and leads right to today is, so it was announced in February of 2010 that our jobs were being outsourced. It was the funniest conversation because my boss, um, you know, had me come into her office and she gives me the news and she starts gr- crying and I stand up and I was like, oh my God, it's going to be okay. This is so great. You know, like, like, don't be upset for me. I'm happy. You know, so it was just like, yes. And two weeks later, I started my coaching certification. It was like the first of several um, weekend trainings and coming, driving home from that first weekend, I was like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is what I've always been meant to do this, you know, thank you for putting this in my path. You know, um, like this is my life's purpose. You know, I'm meant to be a coach. I am a coach. And so I got my certification. I started my business almost six years ago, would have been September of 2010 that my job ended. My, I went full-time into my business and it's definitely been an evolution of, you know, who I serve, what I do. I've gotten more clear on what I'm meant to provide for people. So currently what I'm working, um, who I work with is entrepreneurial minded women, um, who, they know that they are meant for great success, you know, and greatness. They, they strive to be at the top of their game, the top of their industry, well-known, and they can't figure out why they're not there already. You know, like what is getting in their way? Why are they not already there? You know, and oftentimes, you know, sometimes they'll say like, my life is really great. Why am I not happy? Right. I know that sort of thing. Um, And, you know, what I provide for them is, you know, because I was promoted so rapidly, I learned like what it takes to become a leader at the next level. Because every, you know, as you start to, you know, either grow your business or achieve higher positions within your organization, there are a whole new set of skills that you need to master in order to be great at that level. And you get stuck at the level you are. You get stuck at the level of leadership, you know, skills that you have. Right. You know, so by developing more skills, more advanced leadership skills, you're able to master that level and grow your business or, you know, get the next project, get the next promotion, whatever opportunity presents itself. Um, And I have the Women Taking the Lead podcast, which I started last year. And so I am connecting with and talking to women just like you who are who are out in the world changing things you know um, pursuing their passions and their purpose and like my life you know sometimes I can pinch myself I, I look back at like what I was holding on to mm-hmm. <laughs> back then for safety and security and what I have now and I'm just I feel so blessed with what I'm able to do right now that sometimes it's hard to separate my business from my personal life because it all seems to just blend. It's so awesome. And, and don't you find that, you know, when people talk about stress or, you know, working around the clock, that, that the, the single difference between what you're doing and it being stressful versus what you're doing and it's what you're passionate about is whether or not it's what you have to do versus what you get to do. Absolutely. It's the whole obligation versus opportunity. Right. You know, is this an obligation? Do I have to do it? You know, and then you're, then you're, you've got resistance going and it's harder to get it done because, and now you're struggling and suffering rather than like, oh my gosh, you know, when I get all this done, I'm going to get to X, Y, Z. Right. Exactly. Like whole different thing. 
whole different thing, right? You know, and just case in point, like I'm not a big tech person. So doing some of the like technical stuff of the podcast, it takes me a little bit of effort. But what's in my mind is like, when this is done, oh my God, I'm going to be able to release this episode. And this conversation was so cool. I can't wait for, you know, the people who are listening to the podcast to listen to this one, right? right? So I go about it with excitement even though it's not my area of expertise. And folks, Jody's downplaying this. Podcasting is so much work. <laughs> so much work. <laughs> so much work. That's why don't you love whenever you're talking to somebody and they find out you have a podcast and then they say something like, wow, you know what? I think I'm going to start a podcast too. And I'm like, yeah. are you? Hey, let me know when that launches. I'll be the first listener. Yeah. 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 People are, ask me mm-mm. that. No. Yeah. No. People ask me that too. And I'm like, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but it's a lot it's of work. It's a lot, a of, work. lot of work. You got to be ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lot of work when it goes right. Uh, let me yeah. tell you now for all the times <laughs> it doesn't go quite right. Um, okay. So, so let's uh, talk about, you know, here you are now, you're a coach, you're working with people, you have a podcast. Talk to me in the last couple of minutes that we have, because you just uh, skimmed the surface of it, so that people get the you know mind body spirit connection of your health, right? What was mm-hmm. going on with your health back in the day, and how you looking back, how you tie your mindset in what you were doing and truly living a life you didn't love and you knew authentically was not you and it wasn't m- what you were meant to be doing in this lifetime. How you feel that translated to your overall health and then compare that to now. Yeah. I did a few things during that time that I look back on. I'm like, Ooh, that's not good. So of course I was, you know, work was boring and tedious and then it was stressful. Right. And so what do you do after that? You know, we don't intuitively say I'm going to go for a run and then I'm going to feel better. You know, even though I was working out actively during that time, I was more like, well, I'll have a glass of wine with dinner. Not that there's anything wrong with having a glass of wine for dinner, but it would turn into two glasses of wine for dinner. And then it would be like, instead of having, you know, a really healthy salad for dinner or, you know, something that was, you know, fresh and light, you know, and good for my body, I would be like, what's quick, what's easy, what feels, what's comfort food. Yeah. Right. So I like my eating changed and even my workouts. There were times where I was like, oh, I'm just so tired from I would give myself excuses to not work out because I had worked so hard during the day and I was so tired. And so and then I started disconnecting from people. You know, there was this um, I recognized in myself I had enough self-awareness to realize, like, I'm not a lot of fun to be around right now and I don't want to have to keep explaining myself to people. So I started pulling away from, you know, my friends and became a little more distant from my family because I didn't want them, you know, the question of like, Hey, how are things going? And, you know, you either lie and say they're fine, or you feel like you've just unloaded on people again, you know, about how crazy things are at work and how you're not happy. And so to avoid all of that, I would, I stopped reaching out. And so it put some of my relationships at risk and, you know, and the people I worked with that I loved, they were going through what I was going through. So they were emotional roller coasters. So there weren't a lot of stable relationships in my life. And I think that's why when I finally did start my business, like I, I, you know, was doing what I had to do and I was happy to be coaching, but I was also in a recovery mode too, where I was a little bit lost at that time. Um, and you know, health wise, I had also started to, um, and I was a runner at that time. I started like pulling muscles Mm -hmm. 
you know, because there was so much stress build up in my body that when I went for a run, it put too much strain on my muscles. So I had to start seeing um, a therapeutic massage um, person. I was seeing in um, an OD, you know, I start, you know, it, all these like health issues started cropping up and I had to go through a process of taking care of myself again, where I started to pay attention to what I was eating, pay attention to how often am I reaching out to people and talking and sharing what's going on in my life. And the counselor I was working with really helped with that too. Um, and started doing exercises that rather than punishing my body felt good. You know, I did more dancing than, you know, than, you know, long distance running right. um, at that point. Um, and now, you know, I've come back to, um, you know, and in business, you know, not to say like everything's smooth sailing in business either. Like you and I just talked about how much work a podcast is. I love the podcast and I'm still kind of like assimilating my lifestyle to it as well, but have gotten back to, because I went, had that experience coming out of my job of getting back in alignment with myself, I'm able to do it much more quickly. So I'm doing more yoga and dancing and some boot camp classes, which I enjoy as well. Um, and rather than doing the pounding running, which I'd like to get back to eventually when my, you know, when everything's, you know, fully in alignment. But right now, what really, what I really enjoy is going for long walks and um, the area of Maine where I live in has an, a trail called the Eastern Trail. And it's tree-lined and it's beautiful. So I will just go and do like a quick paced walk, but like just feeling like I'm completely in nature. So, you know, I am taking much better care of myself now than I was back then. And, you know, I love the way you lined all this out because I do believe that, you know, a couple of things, one, how we do one thing is how we do everything. And, mm -hmm. and one part of our life winds up just reflecting all other part, uh, parts of our life. And, and when you were not having fun, you were working out in a not fun way, you were eating, you know, <laughs> not healthy foods and all of it was just a reflection of the other. And what I love now about what you're saying you're doing with your life is you're doing what you love across mm -hmm. the board. Yeah. Right. Dancing and, and how you spend your time is I love my time in nature. And so it, it's it, what I talk to people about incessantly is shifting one aspect of your mind. You've got to understand when things shift, the whole of your life shifts, all of it, all of it. And, and your life is a great um, representation of that. So for folks listening right now and they think, okay, either I'm going through transition or I sure as heck should be. And they think, I, I want to reach out to Jody and I, I want to start working with her. She's the perfect coach for me. How can they best find you? Yeah, they can find me at womentakingthelead.com. I mean, all, all the social sharing buttons are there. There's a contact form, or you can just, you know, contact, email me directly at Jody, J-O-D-I, at womentakingthelead.com. And as always, this will all be on show notes, so you'll have links to all of that. And as we wrap this up, which is unfortunate because I could talk to you all day about a myriad <laughs> of things, the final two questions that I ask everybody. So in everything that you have gone through, somebody's listening right now and they're somewhere in this journey, you know, that represents the journey that you've been on. What is the single best piece of advice you'd have for them? Talk to somebody like a third party, like a coach, a mentor, somebody who is doing what you would like to be doing. Right. Or, you know, just or somebody, you know, who will challenge, like you said earlier, some of those limiting beliefs. If I had somebody in my life at that point who said, 
what makes you believe that or what could be different? I would have started asking different questions myself. So I think you made that great point earlier where you got to have somebody in your life who's going to challenge those things for you and ask the right questions. Perfect. I love it. Final question. Out of your entire journey in life, what is the one thing you absolutely believe to be true? That God is in my corner. I'm always being guided. I'm not always listening, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm always being guided. And if I stop and I listen and I reflect and I meditate and I pray, the answers are always there and I am always taken care of. Well, I can't imagine ending on a more beautiful note than that. So truly from the bottom of my heart, Jody, thank you so much for sharing your story and your passion and your energy and your joy that comes through uh, in your voice. It's uh, fabulous to listen to you and to get to talk to you again. So truly, thank you for your time today. Michelle, it's been a pleasure. I'm so honored. Thanks everybody once again for listening to the Game Changer Podcast. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers Podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.